When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey folks, this is Jason Lewis, the producer of the From the Shadows podcast. I just want to remind you about our website, fromtheshadowspodcast.com. We have a Facebook page. We would appreciate it if you like and follow. Also, join our discussion group on Facebook called After the Shadows. We have a Twitter feed. Please follow us on Twitter. It can be found with at podcast underscore from. Follow us on Instagram at From the Shadows Podcast. We have a YouTube channel. Go to the search bar of YouTube and put From the Shadows Podcast and please subscribe to that channel. We are also on the Odyssey Radio Network and we can be found there at odyssey1.com. We are still on the traditional podcatchers that everybody loves to listen to us on. We get a lot of feedback, so please rate the podcast and communicate with uh, whether you're on Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, or Google Podcasts. We're there, and we appreciate it when you leave comments for us. We also have a Patreon page. It can be found at www.patreon.com forward slash from the shadows. You can receive books, stickers, coffee mugs, and special content just for our Patreon subscribers. Check it out for yourself and see what packages that we have to offer. Well, that's all I have for you right now, folks. And thanks for being a part of the From the Shadows podcast family. So with that being said... Let's get this episode started. Hey guys, um, so I, you know, we're back from our Christmas break here. Um, we had a big, you know, big two weeks in a row of the best of the howlers. So you know, we're uh, you know getting back into this. Hope everybody had a great Christmas. Um, you know, I got I got a meeting here after this, after we taped this for a uh, potential uh, potential movie. You know that I've been writing. Uh, I'm gonna talk to producer, maybe uh, see about getting it made. What? Uh, how are I know you like to write? You know, you've been working on anything good that maybe we can. Well, you know, I did. I, you know, I got a couple. I, you know, the problem is, man. Me and you just are creative. We got creative differences, right? I mean, you're always. I mean, you write what you write, right? Yeah. And and, and I struggle. I I, I struggle to to write comedy, a cop, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The, the, the gentleman that produced the Beverly Hillbillies is buried about 10 miles from me right here. A guy named Paul Henning 
and he's buried in Tuscumbia, Missouri, right there where my dad, you know, 600 yards from where my dad was born. So, and, and, you know, they did Beverly Hillbillies like that for a reason. Right. And then some of the stuff <laughs> yeah. had changed, you know, so yeah, I got exactly. a comedy I'm putting together. It's, it's about some Missouri is one of the few States west of the Mississippi that doesn't have an Indian reservation. And I got one where I, where, I, you know, I got this, this, this native American chief that, uh, he's trying to grow weed and the, and the local cops are leaning on him. Right. And he's wanting to create, he's wanting to turn his, his house into his yard and his little, his little curtilage, uh, which is, is the judge was here to tell you, this is the area surrounding his house. He wants to turn into a, a, a reservation. So, you know, I'm, I'm calling it the chief want to do, chief want to do be tribe. And then, I, and then I got another one. <laughs> the chief. That, what a t- <laughs> the, the problem is. That's a T-shirt, man. That's a T-shirt. The problem is, as I write my comedy, they turn so dark because some of these people here that I have contact with in one form or fashion, or I have over the three three decades, uh, uh, their straits are dire, and some of them don't even understand it. You know, I had to go down there. I think I told you the story one time. And and sometimes when you deal with these people, um, I'm trying to talk slow because I got some critiques that I was talking too fast on my stories. Some of these people, <laughs> some of these people, some of these circumstances, it's like I equate to a football game. You know, there's 60 minutes of a football game, but most people only remember two or three plays, right? Yeah. Yeah, so you go sense. to one of these calls sometime, or you go down to, to to work a case down here in the country, and and there's 60 minutes worth of stuff, and you can only take two plays away, you know? Yeah. So yeah. so I had to go down here in the country with a state investigator that was dealing with crimes against the elderly. Okay. Okay. And he was a young, good-looking, in you know, shape, just what you would expect a modern law enforcement officer look like right yeah yeah and i'm reading through these notes he said hey can you contact them and set this up so we can go down there and i said yeah so i you know i call this a woman up and i'm I'm reading it and it says my adult daughter took all my money sold all my antiques took some guns that belonged to my dead grandfather hit her great-grandfather and the cops won't do me good nobody will help me and i sued her and I got a judgment, but I got a $35,000 judgment, and they're going to pay me $27 a week for the next 15 years, and I'm 75 years old. And it just it's, it's, and it's all, it says that in one sentence, you know, because she's filling this thing out like a anonymous complaint online, you know, where she gets online and tells her deal. And then the, the, the system essentially sends that to the call takers as she wrote it. Does that make sense? They don't yeah. edit it. They yeah. don't, you know, so you... So imagine all of this in caps with no punctuation. <laughs> and, oh man! And the last, in the last few words was, and she even took my eye. <laughs> okay, okay. So I called this. I said, what, what, "What's going on with this?" And he goes, "Oh, it's just a mess down there. It's a mess. They don't want anybody going down there by themselves. That's why I'm calling you. We need to send at least two people down there." Because it is, uh, it's a, it's a mess, and I don't really know enough about it. Because uh, uh, the guy that was working it quit, and and we're just we're gonna have to start from scratch. Because I don't know 
anything about these people. And I said, well, I don't either, but I can tell you right now that that it's rough. I mean, I can tell you, I said, I don't know this eye deal, but is this eye for an eye or what? Well, what's this eye? And he goes, I don't know. I saw the same thing. <laughs> so I said, well, I tell you what, I'm just going to call her. He said, the, sh- the sheriff's, and it says right in there, too, we call the law and they won't help us. Now, the law down here is a broad term. It could be anything as is, is normal and, and handy as a sheriff's deputy serving a subpoena, or it could be as heavy as the DEA or the FBI cracking down on somebody. You know what I mean? It's a broad, the law, and I always found out it's like they're going to bring out a bookcase full of statutes or something. You know what I mean? They're going to call the law on me. But anyhow, so I called down the sheriff's office and I say, what's going on out there? Well, I don't know. No, I don't. I don't. I don't see. What's the ad? What's the name? I give them the name. Nope. Nope. We don't have anything in there. Give them the address. Oh, it seems to look like we had maybe a, a civil problem. I said, okay. But you didn't arrest anybody. Nope. Nope. Just says. Uh, civil action looks like uh, they might have went down there to answer a call, but then they just handled by officer civil. It's civil. Now, handled by officer civil means I'm a cop and I don't either one, I don't want to do anything. Sometimes it is a civil matter, right? Uh, civil as in court action. I rent you my house and now I want you out. Well, the law keeps me from going in and throwing you out. I've got to sue you. Or you know, I give you permission to, to do something, and now you've done it. And I'm mad at the repercussions. I, you know what I mean? It's not like, yeah. yeah. Does that make sense? So, yeah. so, yeah. so, anyhow. But sometimes in law enforcement, there's a laziness that lets simple officers handle calls of a complex nature because they're one, they don't want to do it, or two, they're they're not they they for whatever reason. They don't want to do it. You know, it's either a will problem or a skill problem. But they say handle by officer, it's a civil matter, when really somebody should have went to jail. So I don't know. So I called this old woman up, and I said, I'm such and such with so-and-so. And and I'm looking through this where you filed this call. Oh, my God, I'm glad you called me, she says. And she said, like, uh, I can't even – I don't know if I can even do it. I can't do an old woman. It'll sound like a hair lift. Uh, yeah, I'm glad you did something. They, they'll never help me out down here. I can call that damn sheriff's office five or six times. They don't help me, you know. And they come down here and they tell me it's a civil matter when, you know, it's my damn daughter. I said, okay, well, what happened? Well, she took all these guns, and you know, and I was, uh, you know, and, uh, she says, well, what happened was, now, this is really in the weeds and probably more than you want to know, but she says, I, me and my husband, my daughter and her husband and her three kids, my three grandkids, they had a change of fortune, and and he lost his job, and she got sick, and they were getting evicted. So we decided we'd just let them live, and I co-signed for them on their house, so I was having to pay my bills and then her bills. So we just thought we would let them move into my house, and we would sell their house and then go from there. And I said, okay, so they moved, you moved them all in with you. And she said, yeah. But then I had to move out and out. And I said, what do you mean you had to move? I had to move out to get away from them. I said, well, did you sell their house? <laughs> no, their house got foreclosed on because once she moved in here, they quit paying. I wasn't going to pay their house payment when they're living with me, so it got foreclosed on. And then <laughs> they were they were giving me orders in my own house, so... 
me and my husband moved out to the camper. And I said, where's the camper? What's in the yard? <laughs> and I said, well, okay. I said, because uh, that's what you got down here. If, you, if you're poor, you've got to, in order to, to deflect the poorness of you, you've got to have a new truck with a giant exhaust pipe and offset wheels. <laughs> or if you're a little older, you've got a camper with all these slide outs. Oh yeah. So that yeah. lets people know when they drive by your trailer that you got money. Okay. So <clears throat> I'm just giving the background. I know some of our we have some metropolitan, uh, or I mean, our international, our international uh, uh, listeners in Finland, they probably don't do they have trailer houses in Finland, right? Our international <laughs> lister, listeners in Europe probably are like, what are these guys talking? Yeah, I mean, in Finland, I can only imagine the only trailers they have are the ones they pull out there and go ice fishing on. So anyway, now I'm 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 taking these notes and I'm just shaking my head, you know what I mean? Because the old boy that gave this that wanted his help with this. Two things. I, I'm like a linguist, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because some of the educated guys from the city come down here and work a case and they can't talk to these folks. They're native English speakers in a way, but the dialects are too much for them. So usually when this guy reaches out to me, it's going to be a, it's going to be a mess. So I said, well, me and so-and-so, we want to call. Oh, he's worthless. I said, well, he called me to help you. Well, he shit. He should have called you weeks ago. I've been waiting for months and guys out of Jeff City. That's the capital. And guys out of Jeff City never come down here and talk to me. I said, well, we're going to come next Tuesday at 10. How's that? Okay. You know how to get here. And I said, I mean, I got a little thing in my phone that tells me where to go. It'll be wrong, she says. I said, okay, where am I going? So she kind of gives me some directions. And and uh, anyhow, so that I called this guy back and said, hey, we're set up. I don't really know what's going on down here. They're living in a camper and a drive. So, and I was talking to her. I said, you still living in a camper? Oh, no. We we finally got them evicted. I had to get them evicted. And out of her own house. Out of her own house. And now when I say house, I'll just, I'll, you know, I'll let the cat out of the bag now. In case your your listeners are on the edge of their seat, it's a trailer house, double wide, <laughs> double wide. Okay, so it's double wide. So I mean, if you want to be, you know, if if I listen to a guy on the radio that says, uh, not facts matter, but uh, anyway, basically, uh, uh, yeah, you know, uh, fine Shit. details matter. So shouldn't it be a rule if, you, like, if you live in a trailer, something. you shouldn't also own a trailer. Like, well, I wouldn't say it was like a triple trailer because she had a double wide that was screwed together, and then she's got a big trailer, camper trailer <laughs> in the yard. Is that like the pool house? Like the, the trailer? Yeah. Well, I, you know, the only problem the is the only pool is the, the lagoon shed. out back. The she. Yeah. You know, yeah, the she shit. That's right, the <laughs> she shit. So I go okay. down there, and in these notes, I forgot in this note. This guy had sent me, there was a page two thing where he had said her boyfriend slash husband slash significant other was at some point some kind of insurance investigator, and he helped her package this whole thing. I thought, that's weird. So I called this guy. I said, what do you mean he's an investigator? Well, some guy said, dude, I'm just telling you this guy's telling. He said, sounds like he's got his shit together, but he tells me he's a used to be an insurance investigator for one of the insurance companies. I said, okay, well, whatever. Tuesday at 10. So I meet him up here at the truck stop. I got to throw that in there. 
I get out of my car and get in with his in with this nice state car and and I asked him I said hey you want to wear a suit because sometimes like historically in some of my old jobs if you're going to put the hammer on somebody you're going to wear a suit you're going to get your Sunday go to meeting suit out so when you take that person to jail or whatever everybody gets to see you you know what I mean everybody gets to see you walk in like a man okay and of course this guy says no shit no we ain't gonna wear a suit these people we'll get dirty <laughs> so so we drive down out here in the country down here in the Ozarks so right next to Lake Ozark where the where the t- the fictional Netflix show was supposed to take place you know we're we're right there in the heart in the belly of the beast so, so of course sounds like on, a, sounds like it's a documentary you turn I'm telling you I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm laboring right now because I know I'm making the story too long but i'm trying not to leave the details out because i tried to write all this in a screenplay and you know how it is it's not on the page it's not on the stage so you got to kind of put it all together we turn on this old red dirt road and get down here and it makes a sharp 90 degrees to the right and you can see about every third drunk has missed that corner and hit ran up under the yard in one place and that's where we're at we're at ground zero (laughs) and lined up real nice along the fence to the left is at least seven automobiles, two or three old cars, two or three old trucks, two or three old vans. So now she's got them backed in there so she can mow between them, but she doesn't uh, weed eat between them so their weeds are growing up around them. You know what I mean? So she's got them all parked in a row. Every time one of them uh, uh, breaks down, they just push it along the fence and get something else to drive, which is a common characteristic of this environment. So we drive up there, and there's a big old fifth wheel with three or four slides stuck out, perpendicular <clears throat> to a double-wide trailer. Now, that makes a nice L. You're kind of getting what I'm saying, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. I know. It's got I'm a back. horseshoe. It's got a kind of a horseshoe that runs up around, you know, to, to spitting distance between the camper and the car and circles back out to the road again. And right in the middle, this apex is a trash fire pyramid or the remnants thereof. You know what I mean? It's like they have been burning everything for however long. And and the plastic, the metal, the stuff that will not burn is is a poor person's lava lamp out front. You know what I mean? Blackened, tar, just mess. So, of course, we wheeling there with a state car, and I forgot what they had. They had some old cars to drive, you know, parked there. So we walk up on this porch. It was about two pallets and three pieces of split wood on the corners to kind of keep an eye enough. Knock on the door. <clears throat> this old gal comes out there, and she didn't. Of course, you, ain't, you guys ain't got the camera on me. She didn't have no teeth. She hadn't put her teeth in yet. <laughs> she got her lips all pictured out there. <laughs> oh, you guys are here on time. You're right on time. I'm the one that's late today. I didn't think you'd be here on time. Hold on, I'm just getting dressed and get my teeth in. Come on in, you can stand right here. So she opens the front door and we walk in this double wide and there's a you know, it's like a I don't even know, there's a big open concept double wide. So on the left is a big open kitchen dining room area with a big giant double door stainless steel refrigerator right in the middle of the right in the middle of the kitchen. And you know, I'm kind of paranoid. So I you know, I kind of check my environment. I walk in, I scan from right to left and then back left to right, you know. 
and my eyes catch something as I'm going to the left. Of course, then they stand on the on the refrigerator. Now there's a hole for the refrigerator, but they don't have it pushed back in there. They got it in the middle of the drop in the middle of the uh, kitchen with an orange extension cord rolled up there. <laughs> so so as my eyes roll back the other way, I realize there's a portrait, like a real honest to God portrait. My little dog come down here. I don't know if she's wanting out or if she's wanting to play. There's an honest to God portrait. You know, the kind of your mom, dad, or whatever back in the 70s that go get dressed up and yeah. one oh, of them yeah. stand in front of the other when you know, dad's sitting on the on the chair and mom standing behind her and and uh well that's sitting there and scrawled in like red paint, red lipstick, red something. There's a there's an arrow pointing down the it, you could tell this was an earlier version of this old woman, you know, years ago when she had teeth. And and there's a big in red, it says, bitch, I hope you know I killed him. And it's pointing down to his head, this arrow is. <laughs> and and I, I mean, I'm glad there's, there wasn't a gunman there waiting in, in secret force because he'd have killed me because I couldn't, between the refrigerator now, I didn't so know which I was going to stare at more. Because as I took two steps in to let my guy behind me come in the house, the reason why the refrigerator was pushed out is there was a hole about four by four in the floor going all the way down where you see the old insulation and dirt and mud underneath this double-wide trailer. Mm-hmm. So they said, come on in here. And not only is she missing her teeth, she's got a big old piece of square piece of gauze over her left eye. Like it had been seeping all night and weeping, you know what I mean? And she ran off to the back room and got a pair of sweats. And, you know, that's the kind of the go-to thing down here, sweats. And she got a pair of sweats and she come back out with a new, and she put a, like a four-by-four square Band-Aid over her eye socket. And asked us to sit down at this kitchen table. Big kind of a big, pretty good fancy kitchen table for a double-wide. And I said, okay. And I, of course, and I said, you don't mind if I record this, do you? No, I don't mind. I put a little recorder there and had it turned on. And let's back all this up. And so she proceeds to tell me she's got this adult daughter that had hard times, regurgitated the story she had told me on the telephone, and and basically said, you know, I raised her. I raised her better than this. And she done run off with this guy. Had these kids. She's working out at the Dollar General store, and uh, the state wants me to get my ten thirty five thousand. I think is what it was. My thirty five thousand dollars, seven dollars a month or week or whatever. And I said, well, we'll go back to this now. How did you get into? You got a judgment against her. Oh, I had to sue her. And I said you had to. Yep, I had to sue my own daughter. And I said, well, how did that transpire? She said, well, I let her live in here, and then when I wanted her to move out. She wouldn't have had to evict her, so I went down to the courthouse, got her evicted, and in the process, the judge said, was there any damages to your thing? She said, well, I had this whole list of stuff. And as she's telling this story, and she's 76 or 78 years old, as she's in the middle of this story, a dude comes from the bedroom around the, the kitchen area. And you guys are about my age, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> This dude was just a little bit older than us. 
and a pretty, pretty nice looking, pretty nice looking man. I know that sounds weird for me to tell you another man looks pretty nice looking man, but nice looking man. And she said, honey, come down over here and sit down and tell these guys, this is my husband, Bob, (laughs) Billy or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) And there's 20 some years of difference. And this guy's, oh, yeah, you know, hey, did you get my notes? I used to, and I said, yeah, you're an investigator. Where you go? Oh, I was an investigator for whatever insurance company out of Illinois and here and here. And I met her online and moved down here. I, 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 I'm speechless. I'm, I met her online and moved down here. And I'm not saying 20 plus years. You know, it's one thing to, 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 uh, you know, I'm trying to choose my words here because, you know, guys, from like the Patreon page, I'll go off. I'll say some crazy stuff behind the paywall because I know everybody's <laughs> 18, right? Mm-hmm. But I mean, you're going to find, I mean, you're going to meet some old gal online and move 400 miles and meet her and marry her. And the 22 years age difference or whatever is not one thing, but at least find one with both eyes and her teeth. <laughs> you know, there's an old joke about like that. The punchlines, I'll leave an eye out for you, but I don't remember how the rest of it goes. You know what I'm, you know the joke I'm talking? Wow. So he says, yeah, I started. So he brings me this big legal file. He starts bringing me these legal files where that he put together this case for her and she got a civil judgment. Now I can see the guy that's with me. He ain't said three words because he don't want nothing to do with this, which is the reason why he's got me down here, right? He don't want nothing. He can't get away from these people fast enough. (laughs) Muscles, that's what I'll call him. Oh, Muscles wanted to get the hell out of here and go back to the gym and look good for the ladies because this is real law enforcement here, right here. You know what I mean? This is real problem solving. (laughs) So I said, okay, well, it looks like you – well." The reason why the sheriff won't arrest anybody because she kept hanging up on the sheriff. Uh, you know, she she had a hang up on telling me how worthless the sheriff is. I said because it looks like all of this stuff, the guns are in the civil judgment, everything is in the civil judgment. I go down and like I, line item thirteen or nineteen was this artificial eye, <laughs> and she said that's wrong on that eye. I said well, what's wrong on the eye? That she take your eye or. She, Nope, she took my eye, and they know it, but it's worth a lot more than that. Now, I've had to say I had the same eye from 1974 when I got it to 2018 when she took it. What? Yeah, and she said I had the same eye, and when they asked me down there, that court clerk wanted to know what, what that eye cost. It cost my mom and daddy $125 in 1974, but you get one today, and it's 1800 so instead of getting me getting eighteen hundred, they said one hundred and twenty-five dollars because that's all we paid for it. <laughs> <laughs> and I haven't been able to get the scrape back. Well, I need to get that eye replaced. So I said, you know, I I don't know. Yeah, I would really like to help you. That's why we took time out of our day to come down here and and, and help you out. Because you answered, you know, you, you called the hotline, but it looks like all this stuff was introduced to the court, and the court gave you action against your daughter to for the money. So you know what I mean? I, we can't really, you can't go after her for something they done got her for. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Can't you yeah. go down there to Dollar and get her fired? 
get her to pay me some more money because I know she can afford more than, and I don't remember what, $7, 15 It wasn't very much. I did the thing on it after we left, and it was going to be 20-some years for her to get $35 or 35000 which means she's probably going to be dead maybe, you know. So I basically said, no, I can't. We can't. We can't help you. Uh, uh, and in the process, I'm missing a bunch of the story because it just it's it. I wish I had the recording. I had to. I, I didn't get to keep it in my recordings. I had to give them to the state because technically they were state property. But you know, she caught me looking over at the hole in the floor a couple times, and she said, "Well, you know, the floor was rotten where the uh, ice machine was leaking, so the floor rotted out." And the fridge started falling through it, and that's why we had moved over here. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I don't even know how. To, I'm, I, so they're gonna uh, we're gonna go to get out and leave. And and I said, you know, I've just got to ask you, what's the deal with this picture? And she said, oh, that's my husband of thirty two years or thirty eight years, and that's her daddy. That's my daughter's daddy, and uh, she killed him. I said, do what? Yep, broken heart. She's broken heart. He had a heart attack and died right here. And they didn't even call the ambulance because they were too drunk and stoned. And I had to come home from bowling to find him laying here on the floor. <laughs> so so she said what happened is when the sheriff was ordering them to get out that day, she she wrote that on that picture and I've left it there hoping somebody had helped me get him in trouble just to show you what kind of evil daughter I raised. Mm. <laughs> so, so my question is, did she ever get her eye back? Nope. Cause she said, you know, that girl kept it. She's got it. She probably got it down there in a coin tray or something with a bunch of <laughs> joints and, and one hitters and such and laying around. With some pennies, and she's just doing it to she's just doing it to to uh, <laughs> torment me because she knows I can't buy a new eye. <laughs> and and you know I mentioned this big camper, and they said, "Yeah, we got the big camper." And I don't remember what kind of rig he was driving. They but they, this fridge was almost brand new looking. You know they had anyhow. I don't know. I just you know I. I would prioritize. I'd listen to little Dave Ramsey talk. He'd get ahead and get that eye replaced. <laughs> you know what I mean? I would make some life changes and do something, get my eye replaced. Maybe I would. I don't know. I don't know. And, and I, you know, I, I should I should stay more. I should have focused more on the, the, the 20, the young husband, the young, good-looking husband. But uh, uh, I just, you know, some of these things you'd go down on to, and I could probably tell you about 20 of these kind of stories, but they're, so long and so drawn out and so uh, the the fact that that you know there was a time when i was a tier one counterterrorism operator i'm just going to put that out there okay and some days when i leave situations like that in my old job my the last real job i had i say how did i fall this far you know I mean? <laughs> how did i get this i mean how did me moving back home, how, how did I reduce myself to this? You know, how did I reduce myself to this? Because every day it's a different one. Every day it was a different one, a different, a different, a different thing. Yeah. Shoulder, dad, I get, shoulder mom's eye. Hmm? I think, mm -hmm. uh, I, 
I think the uh, words of wisdom is for this one is the beauty is in the uh, beholder of the eye. How about yeah, that? or the or the or the uh, <laughs> yeah. I'll keep an eye out for you, Sonny. I don't know. I don't know. I can't remember the joke. You guys remember the joke? I don't remember the joke. That was the punchline. Keep an eye. I just yes, yes. And I don't even know how we got. Oh yeah. So you know, you try to put that scenario in because as you as you know, especially Grover, you know. I've had some some I've brushed against some movie producers and they'll ask me, hey, we need a scene for this or we need a scene for that. And if you tell them a scene or you write that scene on a piece of paper, they go, dude, is this for real? <laughs> we can't do you know what I mean? We can't that that don't suck all the oxygen out of the film. Right. You know what I mean? If we're trying to do if we're trying to do an episode of uh, Longmire or something and he's got to go down here to one eyed woman whose kid uh uh, stole her prosthetic. Stole guy. everything. <laughs> yeah, you know, just all this stuff. That just ruins the whole episode, right? You just can't. So you just can't episodic. So back. Uh, let me. I'm, I'm going to tell you where the 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 end of the. I'm going to start the chief wanna doobie story. Jason, stop it right there. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the From the Shadows podcast. Until next time, never shy away from the darkness or what may be lurking in the shadows. We are out. <laughs>